wounded warriors of the cross, serving those who serve Christ's church, with your host Rev. Dr. Gary J. Elul. Welcome to the maiden voyage of our new podcast, Wounded Warriors of the Cross. My name is Gary Lull, and I'm a bivocational second career pastor with 18 and a half years serving in the congregation. I'm also a licensed practicing counselor dealing in with people with trauma, complex trauma, PTSD, addiction, and suicide. So you may be asking why we need another podcast dealing with trauma or PTSD or addiction or even suicide. Why do we need podcasts at all when it comes to dealing with these issues? Because this is just something that should be being able to be take care of with the resources we have today. But the fact of the matter is, is that pastors and church workers face very unique and complex mental health and behavioral health issues uh, than those in other professions. Other professions don't have to contend with these issues in the same way that we as those in the clergy, we as pastors and church workers have to deal with these different types of issues. There's a, a different stigma that goes on for pastors and church workers when it comes to dealing with mental or behavioral health issues. So this is the purpose of this podcast is to be able to address those and talk about those, share those, and work through some of the issues that we all face. So if I had to ask you what if you thought were the top uh, professions when it comes to dealing with drug abuse, alcoholism, depression, compassion fatigue, burnout, or even suicide, what would you think would be those professions? Well, it may surprise you to find out that the top three professions are doctors, lawyers, and clergy. Now, it's easy for us to understand why doctors would be there on the list itself, because doctors deal with sickness and death all the days of their lives. I mean, that's part of practicing medicine. People get sick and they go to the doctors. And a lot of times those sicknesses lead to death. So having doctors on that list would be make a little bit of sense. And lawyers, well, they would make sense also because we live in a, a the legal system. We lead, live in an adversarial system. And lawyers are those hired guns that we call whenever there's a problem. Lawyers have to deal with some of the worst case scenarios um, of, of humankind when it comes to going to court and dealing with those different kind of things. So Doctors and lawyers, it really makes sense that they would fall on this list of dealing with all these different types of abuse, of alcoholism, of drug abuse, you know, dealing with depression and even burnout. It would make sense. But but why clergy? How does clergy fall onto this list? Because after all, isn't the role of clergy to share the love of Christ? Isn't the role of clergy to go out and share the promise that our Lord gives to us to be able to go out and to preach the gospel and teach the gospel? If this is what the role is of clergy, all these things that we would think about uplifting, how can clergy fall into that span of things as far as dealing with drug abuse, alcoholism, depression, compassion fatigue, burnout, or even suicide? It becomes a real head-scratcher when we think about it. But Jesus tells us in Matthew 16, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. 
So when we think of picking up our cross and following our Lord, sometimes that takes us into some pretty dark places because that's where our Lord's word is needed the most. It draws us into those dark places that we have to really kind of look at in order to shine the light of Christ into there. And a lot of times those dark places drag us down and bring us down with them. And so if we have to look at the numbers uh, as far as the percentages of how this stuff affects uh, pastors and church workers and other people in the clergy, there's an article that was written in the New York Times in August of 2010. And dealing with depression and burnout, what this article stated was that 33% of clergy felt burnt out within their first five years of ministry. 40% of clergy say they are suffering from burnout, frantic schedules, and unrealistic expectations. And 45% of clergy say that they have experienced depression or burnout to the extent that they needed to take a leave of absence from ministry. We have all felt a lot of these same issues that these percentages really kind of tell us as far as the feeling of just being overworked, overstrung, and not being able to take care of all the things we need to take care of. It's part of the work that we do. It's part of picking up the cross that we pick up. And then how many of us don't deal with some kind of compassion fatigue? According to the article, 23% of clergy have been fired or pressured to resign at least once in their careers. 50% of clergy feel unable to meet the needs of their job. 57% of clergy say they would leave their calling if they had somewhere else to go or some other vocation they could do. And 90% of clergy feel unqualified or poorly prepared for ministry. So all these different things lead us to compassion fatigue. And when it comes to our families... How are our families affected by the work that we do? And again, according to this article, it says that 33% of clergy say that being in the ministry is an outright hazard to their family. 25% of clergy don't know where to turn when they have a family or personal conflict or issue. 52% of clergy say they or their spouses believe being in the ministry is hazardous to their family's well-being and health. 80% of clergy believe that the ministry affects their family in a negative direction. And 45% of pastors' wives say the greatest danger to them and their family is physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual burnout. One of the important numbers here, and I think it's very low in comparison to how we would really look at it and the reality of living in the shadow of the cross and living in the ministry itself is when it says 25% of clergy don't know where to turn when they have family or personal conflict or issue. Because where can you really turn when you're living in the ministry? Can you go to the local behavioral health center and sit down and talk to one of their therapists? Can you just go to your general practitioner and talk to him about the issues you're facing? And if members of the congregation see you at the Behavioral Health Center, at the your your doctor's office on a week to week basis, suddenly the talk begins and the and the word gets out and the gossip goes 
flooding throughout the area itself. And everybody knows that the pastor or the pastor and his wife or the pastor's family are having issues. And suddenly it starts to affect your ministry. This is what goes on in the back of all of our heads, whether we want to admit it or not. So can we really go to the Behavioral Health Center? Can we really go to our general practitioner looking for help or assistance? And the, the fact of the matter is, is that we can't. We'd have to travel to maybe a different county. We'd maybe have to travel to the next local city itself, major city itself. But we certainly can't go to our own small town or with someplace within our own little community because the talk would go about so quickly and things would just increase so dramatically. And this is where isolation and alienation really come into play because this is something that really feeds into the us who serve within the ministry itself is isolation and alienation. Where do we turn? How can we turn? Where do we turn to? And the fact of the matter is, is that even according to this article, again, this is from August of 2010, 50%, 56% of pastors' wives say they have no close friends. And 70% of clergy say they don't have any close friends. 94% of clergy feel under pressure to have a perfect family. Imagine the pressure and the stress we all are under because this is a reality for each and every one of us. We know this feeling. Who do you trust? How do, where, who do you turn to in times of trouble? Overall, 75% of clergy report severe stress causing anguish, worry, bewilderment, anger, depression, fear, and alienation. 1,500 pastors leave their ministries each month due to burnout, conflict, or moral failure. And this number does not include all other church workers and members of the clergy. And again, this is from an article in the New York Times in 2010. As we approach 2024 and we leave 2023 behind, how would these percentages and how would these numbers look today? After the pandemic, after the shutdown, after all the different warfare that the church has been under over the past couple of years, all the spiritual warfare that's gone on within the world itself, all the direct attacks on Christianity that all of us know we have had to face, how has this negatively impacted the clergy? How has this negatively impacted pastors and church workers and the work that we are called to do? We have all gone into the ministry expecting to have compassion, satisfaction. But what we have found instead is compassion fatigue. What we have found instead is service-related trauma. What we have really found is professional burnout, trying to do all the work we're called to do, burning the candle on both ends and lighting it up in the center. This is part of the ministry. Compassion, satisfaction is the positive feeling that comes as a result of doing good, of doing the work that we're called to do, serving our Lord. It's a sense of fulfillment by fulfilling our calling, by going out and sharing the gospel of our Lord and Savior. 
It's a sum of all the positive feelings a person derives from helping others. And isn't this why we got into the ministry in the first place? Is to have this feeling, this po the positive feelings that a person derives from helping others. But how many of us haven't had to deal with compassion fatigue? And the best way of understanding compassion fatigue is the expectation that we can be immersed in suffering and loss daily and not be touched by it. This belief is as unrealistic as expecting to be able to walk through water without getting wet. Compassion fatigue is the emotional strain of witnessing or working with those suffering from traumatic events. And dealing with the traumatic events we have to work with working in the ministry is a condition characterized by the gradual lessening of compassion over time. Our compassion just wears down as we keep trying to do the work we're called to do, but never feeling like we're doing enough, caring enough, helping enough people. It's sort of like water dripping upon an ice cube that slowly wears it down and rolls it off and finally breaks it apart by the constant drip, drip, drip. And then we go into burnout. The growing process marked by the emotional exhaustion, the withdrawal associated with increased workload and institutional stress. Doesn't that sound so familiar for the work that we do? We may not want to admit it, but the load gets so heavy that sometimes we don't know how we carry it all. As those called to serve our Lord and His church, we are faced with the daily trauma of picking up the blessed cross our Lord has placed before us and doing the work our Lord has called us to do. In the world of therapy, this is called complex trauma. The constant sense of being overwhelmed in what we say and in what we do. When we look at the work that we do, we prepare sermons, we lay out Bible studies, we visit shut-ins, we do hospital calls, and we do funerals. We counsel those who call on us, and we answer calls seven days a week, 24 hours a day, and 365 days a year. We are on call constantly, waiting for that phone to ring, knowing that at any moment we're going to have to pull on our clothes and go out and take care of the business that we are called to do. We are called for the joyous moments like weddings, anniversaries, and baptisms. And we are called in times of tragedy and sickness and death. But always we are called to say the appropriate words and do the prescribed rites. And then to fade into the background like the proverbial fly on the wall. Never really part of those presents, the friends and family. But we are just there to take up space, isolated and alone, having performed the service we're summoned to do, and then it's we get the feeling that we could just disappear and nobody would really notice. This is what we talk about when we talk about trauma. Because according to uh, Bessel van, van der Kolk, author of Bi The Bo Body Keeps the Score, 
when he explains what trauma is, trauma occurs when both internal and external resources are inadequate to cope with the external threat. We do all the functions we are called to do as pastors, as clergy, as church workers, and then we also are called to care for and monitor the business end of the church so often, the books and the policies and all the behind-the-scenes things that keep the church running. And how many of us are really called to even monitor the ongoing politics of the church? We all would like to say that politics and church don't go together, but we know that the politics of the church really are something that pull us down and tear apart at us internally. As we're always waiting for the group of alligators that are fighting to, for who can be the top dog in the congregation. The issue is not if we are affected by trauma, but rather the issue is always, and it always needs to be, when will we be affected by trauma? Because we will. Chuck Hannaford, a clinical psychologist who consulted for the Southern Baptist Convention, said he believes the rate of clergy suicide has increased during his 30 years of practice and he expects the number will continue to rise. Chuck Hannaford states, Being in the clergy is a dangerous job. And this is from an article that was written back in November of 2016. According to this article, Hannaford states that clergy are hard on themselves, often judging themselves for sins of omission and sins of commission. Hannaford said, but clergy fail to take the falls effects on the world into account. The fall disrupted everything, including the brain. And clergy, who are role models for their flock, are often too isolated by life on a pedestal to talk honestly with others and go to others for help. How often don't we feel like we're put on some kind of pedestal? We're put up there on a pedestal where we the only place for us to go is down. We've, we're put up on a pedestal and it's like people are always shaking the rod to that pedestal to knock us off. We live in isolation. We live in alienation. We feel despair. We, we feel overwhelmed so often because life on a pedestal is such a difficult place to live. Isolation is one of the key killers of those who are called to serve our Lord. Ecclesiastes 4 tells us, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. A 2013 LifeWay survey found that 48% of self-identified evangelical fundamentalists or born-again Christians believe prayer and Bible study alone can overcome mental illness. 48% of self-identified evangelical fundamentalists or born-again Christians believe that just prayer and Bible study are enough to overcome mental health issues, pastoral issues, behavioral health issues that we in the ministry have to face every day of our lives. 
Now, I would never say that prayer and Bible study are not good or not enough for some things. But when it comes to our mental health, when it comes to fatigue, when it comes to dealing with trauma, when it comes to wrestling with burnout, our Lord calls us to action. Our Lord calls us to fellowship. Again, Ecclesiastics tells us, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. This is the goal of wounded warriors of the cross, to bring that much-needed fellowship, that much-needed aid, to lift up our fellow brothers and sisters, as Scripture calls us as Christians to do. Because clergy mental health is a real thing that comes with its own unique and challenging issues. Clergy daily deal with anxiety, depression, compassion fatigue, trauma, burnout, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, pornography addiction, and yes, even suicide. And the question is, where do we turn? The clergy mental health study I spoke about earlier in this podcast from August of 2010 stated 75% of clergy report severe stress causing anguish, worry, bewilderment, anger, depression, fear, and alienation. How high are those numbers today? How high do we believe those numbers are today? And more specifically, how do those numbers affect you and your family? And how does you and your family fall into this group of dealing with these issues? Anxiety, depression, compassion fatigue, trauma, burnout are triggers that help us to fall to the temptations of the body and sometimes even to suicide. Because suicide is rarely about a person wanting to kill themselves. More often, suicide is an escape from anguish, worry, and bewilderment, from anger, depression, and fear, and especially isolation and alienation. Suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. But all these problems can be resolved by taking action and reaching out. These are problems that can be resolved by allowing others to lift you up, as our Lord calls us to do. Wounded Warriors of the Cross is here to help you with biblically-centered ways of being able to look at the issues we face, living in the shadow of the cross, living in the ministry of our Lord. Wounded Warriors of the Cross is here to lift you up when you're feeling isolated, when you're feeling alienated, and when you're feeling alone. Wounded Warriors of the Cross is here to help you with licensed professional staff to assist you when you wrestle with anxiety, depression, compassion fatigue, trauma, and burnout. Wounded Warriors of the Cross is here to help you in the restoration process our Lord calls us to. We feel anguish. We feel worry. We feel bewilderment. We feel anger and depression. We feel fear and alienation at one point in our lives or another. As we live in the shadow of the cross, but you are not alone. Other wounded wards of the cross are here to assist you and to lift you up. 
I hope and pray you join us in our future podcast as we begin to unpack this journey placed before us of breaking down and discussing the unique and complex mental and behavioral issues that so many who live in the shadow of the cross, pastors, church workers, and their families face today. Wounded warriors of the cross, serving others who are called to serve Christ's church. Join us next week as we begin to unpack and discuss the four horsemen of the ministry how isolation, alienation, and loneliness and how they wreak havoc in our ministry.